This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Good news. It's the good news that we survived. It's that we survived. And it was a little touch and go for a while for both of us. It was touch and go for both of us. Like I was telling you... um, I, my doctor, a couple days would call me and like check my stats, like, cause I had the little, I bought a little thingamadoo for my finger and they were like 92, 93. And she was like, uh, I'm calling you back in an hour. And if they're not better, you're going to be checked into the hospital. And I was like, no, no, I, nope. No. Amazing. It just went up Thank to you. 104. Like, I'm over yeah, oxygenated. 104% now. I didn't know that that was a thing, but here we are. Um, well, And that bitch had me on FaceTime, too, because she knew I'd lie. Right. <laughs> well, one of the updates we didn't even get to give is that Dr. Sarah also went down with me. And um, yep. she got uber dehydrated and should have been taken to the ER for fluids, but I couldn't drive her because it's when I was blind in my right eye. <laughs> and so we were just like, well, we're going to die here together. Yep. Um, and the, oh my. So the thing they don't talk about is how depressed you get literally not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I was... I took my medicine for most of the time I was, uh, you know, sick. But one day, even with my medicine, all I could do was cry about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and it's not even because you aren't doing things because, like, you can't, like, because you're quarantined. It's because you can't, you're not doing things because you can't. Like, you, you can't physically get cannot. out of bed. Right. You physically, yeah, that was crazy. Like I told you, I had um, some reckoning moments with my own fatality. And uh, now, fatality? Mortality. Mortality, thank you. I was like, what is actually I was like, you die. Right. Okay, so um, (laughs) Um, despite what. My mortality, and now, like, I came out and I'm like, I'm going to be like a crazy hippie. And, like, maybe I'll move to the West Coast, and I'm definitely getting out of insurance, and, like, I'm going to have all these plans that involve me just, like, embracing life and adventure. I spent a lot of quarantine wanting to quit teaching, even though we both know teaching's what I'm made for. But Mm -hmm. um, mostly at your, like, I just wanted any kind of change if it meant that I also didn't have COVID anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And so I sent a message in our group message today. I was... It was two weeks yesterday, so I'm officially off quarantine, and I um, went to the store today, but I didn't realize, you know, you get to moving around your house, like in your own little bubble, and you're like, yeah, I feel better. I'm good. And then I walked around H-E-B and brought groceries home, and I was like, oh, I am aggressively not Not good. good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had to like lay down and close my eyes for a little while. So I spent all of this week setting up my new classroom and I can only work for three, maybe four hours if I slept well the night before, before I'm wiped. And I'm usually a pretty active person. So I'm having like a hard time adjusting to this already. Um, Me too. So we'll get back. We'll get back. It just, 
Even though you're over it in two weeks, you are not fully better for at least a month. The data is showing. My doctor said the fatigue and brain fog can last an an additional four to six weeks. Yeah, I'm not a... I'm busy that day. I need it to to end faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, I also still can't taste or smell anything. I can't smell anything and I'm like terrified that my house smells bad and I just don't know. Same! Okay, like I thought that was the stupidest concern of mine, but like I walked in. Yes, right. I walked in my craft room. Smell bad in here, and I just don't know. Well, and like I walked into my art room, and like there's a stain on the carpet that I don't know if it was there when we moved in or not because it's been so long since I've been able to be in here that I'm like, what if one of my dogs went to the bathroom on the carpet while I was dying, and I don't know that it smells bad. (laughs) So. The struggle is real. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. As I, I mean, touch we my say face. That, we say that as people who wore our masks, washed our hands, and didn't touch our faces and still got COVID. Right. So. Because we, our masks can only protect other people from us. So I need someone else to do their job. Like, um, yeah. Now, a lot of things developed while we were out. So mm-hmm. I would like you to tell me your favorite news event that happened while we were dying. Ooh. You know, I gotta say it's uh, Taylor Swift dropping an album. Right? Okay. Have you seen all the memes that were like, um, Taylor Swift was so disappointed in us for not staying at home that she, she dropped an album that makes us stay in our room and cry? <laughs> yeah. So listen, Taylor, because I know you listen. Every and week. And are a big fan. <laughs> friend of the pod taylor swift yeah friend of the pod taylor swift um i, I just want a disclaimer taylor swift is not involved with the podcast and does not, her feelings do not reflect the feelings of these hosts <laughs> um but the next time you want to write an album about my last breakup at me? me like a, uh, yeah at me send me like a, a pre pre-sale copy I don't know. It's just really hard to just put on your headphones one day and be like, oh, this is a thing. Right. <laughs> and then cry for the next three days. <laughs> well, in a, um, a very different turn of events, I think my personal favorite news headline is that Donald Trump got so pissed that nobody came to his party in Tulsa that he's shutting down TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, y'all! Because TikTok's the only thing that got me through. Like, yeah, I watched probably four thousand hours of TikTok videos. By that I mean I slept eighteen hours a day, but my waking time was spent watching TikTok. True story. Um, also, I just like want to point out you can't just do that. So. Um, that's a thing. Also, I think my other favorite thing is that he wants to move the election. Right. Didn't he accuse Obama of trying of wanting to do that, though? Yeah. Okay. I'm just. He also said in a tweet a long, long time ago that it was when Ebola was briefly a thing and um, or briefly a thing in the United States. It's very much a thing in other countries. Right. Um, that any president who had this many, de- I think it was like 10 deaths on his hands, you know, yeah. from such an 
a pandemic uh, should step out down from his office because he's clearly a bad president. Right. And look at us now. Look at us now. Right. Um, I have enjoyed the conservative memes that are floating around that show all the dots across America and they're like each dot represents a hundred thousand people to dehumanize that a hundred and fifty thousand people have died so there's only one and a half dots and I'm like yeah okay but if we had one dot represents one person then let's look at those dots like let's really let this sink in somebody pointed that out to me the other day with regards to schools, you know, it's very, it's one thing. And first of all, the fact that we're having this conversation at all is just appalling, but um, it's one thing to say, Oh, 0.16% of children will possibly contract the virus and die. But then when you put those metrics into a school district, right? Like, yeah. By the way, that's like 500 kids. Right. That live in your district. Right. It's, and also, you know, 20 to 30 teachers. And the, because I'm a teacher and because all I am is a teacher sometimes, all I can think about is if we don't do something, if we don't fix this, if we don't intervene in a way that is going to make an actual difference I am going to have to counsel a student on the fact that their grandparents are dead because they brought something home from school. Mm -hmm. I am going to, it is awful when you're a teacher at a school, when a student dies either by completion of suicide or by accidental death or heaven forbid at the hands of their parents, which have happened. Um, Yes. But to have to be the, the teacher who is helping to comfort a student whose family member died of something that was quite possibly um, avoidable by not opening schools early because teachers aren't actually the crux on which the economy is built? Question mark. Then yeah, I'm really confused about how that became our our line. Like people seem to think this is all the teachers' fault. No, 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 no. This is the government's fault? Right. This is the government's fault. And some of y'all... blaming your teachers for not wanting to put themselves in danger. Right. And so, like, this is where I... Uh, And also, I'm sorry, Blue Lives Matter, they shouldn't have to put themselves in danger, but our teachers are fine? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm pushing out my big-ass soapbox for this one. Like, normally I'm like, okay, let's move on. But no, like... I'm so mad. First of all, some of y'all, no one listened to this podcast because the people who listen to us have brains, thank God. But some of y'all out there in America went from teachers deserve a million dollars a day to some of y'all will die and that's okay real, real, real fast. Like, I got whiplash. Yeah, but also, like, I just want you to think about it as parents having to explain to your child that his teacher died. Right. Because you wanted them to go back to school. And I know that it's rough. Like, I've told you this, and I I know that as a non-parent, that it seems like I'm distant from the fact that parents are trying to return to work and find a normalcy too. And I get that. But when school districts are having to put out an all call for help buying supplies for PPE, meanwhile, our 
dictator is threatening to cut funding from schools so they cannot buy appropriate protective measures on top of the fact that I don't get paid like a first responder or a frontline worker like a doctor or a nurse. But then when I say I'm not willing to die or watch my family die for $35,000 a year, people put their hands on their hips and say, I thought you do this for the kids or then you shouldn't have become a teacher or any combination of degrading remarks about the fact that I am the person who's literally educating, I'm sorry, brainwashing your children. Mm -hmm. Also, Dr. Stella says that I am um, setting them up to meditate and open their hearts to demons. So at least I'm- Oh, well, Dr. Stella (laughs) says that my endometriosis would have gone away a long time ago if I'd have stopped fucking demons in my sleep. So, (laughs) man- I got to work on that. See what happens when we're out for three that weeks. That one is just so good in bed, though. I know. Like... I know. So, so I... Tr- oh, my God. I miss y'all. <laughs> I try really hard not to just believe headlines. So, I did go in and do my own research. And I did oh, watch... Oh, no. See, the problem is she has her own YouTube I channel. Know. So, she'll tell you what she believes. I watched, I watched so many of her sermons so many i was like this is every time i thought she couldn't get crazier i just clicked next video and guess what yeah so i'm gonna need you to like cahoots with me for a minute okay Um, she reminds me of someone but i don't want you to say it out loud i just want you to know who i'm talking about and agree someone that i come into contact with Uh oh yeah i thought the same thing (laughs) absolutely they're bffl yeah, for sure. So, um, I just think of like having now with the unique perspective of having had this and having it. I mean, I will say I did not end up in the hospital. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I was very close and I was very sick. And um, if my, I, I wouldn't want anyone to have this except a couple people. <laughs> All of whom we've already mentioned in this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Also, don't you think it's telling that Betsy DeVos doesn't have any books on her bookshelf? Oh, yes. Um, One of my favorite teacher vloggers um, just took a screenshot of that and was like, you'll notice behind Betsy DeVos is every book she's written on education. Mm. Well, it's hard to write a book about education when you've never actually been a teacher. Or literally anything. When the only thing you've ever been is rich, you're actually qualified for very few things, in my opinion. True. So sorry. Um, so Speaking of my uh, opinion, this is light. Lifetime <laughs> Sentence, and I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron, and let's switch to something lighter. Because we couldn't handle a murder as our first go back. No. <laughs> We're still tired. We're so tired. <laughs> so this week we bring you Fab Five, the Texas cheerleader scandal. Yes, we do. Oh my god, I'm so excited. It's a lot like the bling ring, only worse. <laughs> I saw that my girlfriend was in this one too. Jenna Dewan, she yep. is in this one. <laughs> Uh, it does star Jenna Dewan. She plays Coach Carr. I just call her Jenna Dewan because, of course, I do. Um, you'll know her from Step Up, Take the Lead, 
uh, all of the dance movies uh-huh, and former wife of Channing Tatum. And she's in that show that Sarah really likes, uh, Witches of East End. The Witches of East End, yes. Um, then we have Ashley Benson. I recognize that name. I do too. But I don't... Careful. <laughs> she was in Spring Breakers. Pretty Little Liars, that's where I recognize okay, her Okay, there from. we go. Okay, yeah. Um, bring It On, In It to Win It. Okay. Um, and Barely Famous, which is about right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my. That's gonna be the the uh, the title of my memoir. Yes. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy Spring Fortier. She plays Lisa. By the way, the only person that I give a name of the quote unquote Fab Five is Brooke, who's played by Ashley Benson. <laughs> the oh. other ones I just call like that one and that one and the red <laughs> one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, she plays Lisa, who's who's one of one of them. Uh, <laughs> um, She's Jessica been in literally Pete. nothing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Law and Order SVU. Yeah, but only like one episode here and there. It's not like she's. I know. Oh, she was an adultish. That's the spinoff of Blackish. Okay. Um. And Campus Confidential, where Ooh. she plays Baby Corn number one. <laughs> <laughs> what that be? <laughs> uh, Jessica Heap, she plays Jerry, who I do do just call other girl. Um, Good. Well, she's in if, if I like... Love You, Philip Morris, The Young and the Restless, Mardi Gras Spring Break. That looks like a very good movie. Um, my favorite is her credit for Meet the Spartans that is Spartan Woman's Friend uncredited. So Nice. <laughs> uh, finally, we have... Oh, no, not finally. Sorry. Stephanie Honor... Honoré? Sure. Um, she plays Ashley. Uh, now You See Me. That's a good movie. She's just a groupie, but that's a great movie. Yeah. Um. Ooh, the Left Behind movie. Ooh. That's a, you mean the um, biography of today? Yeah. Um, the the movie <laughs> the movie that evangelicals spent all their money on, and it's still not good. <laughs> she was also in Mardi Gras Spring Break. Nice. And she was in Focus with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. That's Ooh, a good movie. That's a good movie. Uh, finally, we have Ashlyn Ross. She plays Tabitha. She was in American Horror Story, The Iceman, The Devil's Dolls, and mm-hmm. Criminal Minds. Okay. Oh, I have one more. Damian Clark. He plays Coach Adam Reeve. I just call him TC as in tennis coach. <laughs> um, he was in How to Get Away with Murder, Castle, Borderlands, Graceland. Um, all the lands. Oh, he's handsome, Jack. Okay, that's one of my favorite video game. One of my favorite video game series. Oh, cool. He does so, a lot of voiceover work, man. Mm-hmm. He does not have the face for voiceover work. He's very attractive. He is. 
Um, we open with the cheerleaders doing a routine to off-key American Woman. Yes! Our five heroines sashay out doing body rolls in front of a wind machine like they're auditioning to be America's next top over-sexualized teenager. Yes, that's my <laughs> third favorite reality movie show, TV show, <sighs> movie. <laughs> I want a reality movie. Reality movie. <laughs> Two hours of The Bachelor. That's how long the episode No, last. I'm done. Yeah. Um, complete side you note. You have to be committed to The Bachelor. Complete side note, but I wanted to tell you this face-to-face and not through text. Um, have you seen the um, educational comedian Gary Brooks? He's the real country like principal who always has the really funny things. He's in his car a lot. Yeah. So um, there is a... Um, a very obvious movement in TikTok teachers that proves we need to get back to some sort of structure because we've all lost our damn minds. Um, mm-hmm. Where people have recreated The Bachelor as the educator and everyone is trying to compete for a date with Gary Brooks. And there are just videos upon videos of women pretending they're all fighting for his attention. But my favorite are the reaction videos where it's women like eating popcorn and like, oh my God, I cannot believe she just did that. I was rooting for you, Becky. (laughs) Uh, First of all, that's amazing. And second of all, the other thing that I've really enjoyed the past, at least the past couple of days is following whatever hoopla bullshit is going on in Bachelor Nation right now. Holy crap, y'all. Yeah, you said there's a lot going on. There is. Um... But yes, uh, you have to be very committed to The Bachelor. Actually, I read a book um, last month. I got an arc for a book called One to Watch, where they, it's a girl that is chosen to, it's like a quasi-bachelorette show, and she's like a plus-size Instagram model and gets chosen to be the bachelorette, kind of, and um, she gets to go through the show. It was probably one of the best books I've read all year. Actually, I think that's going to be my first review for... Plucky reader. Oh, good. Very excited. I had all the review like typed out in my head the other night, and then I fell asleep and forgot it. So <laughs> I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I'd also like to point out at this point, back to the movie. Sorry, uh, oversexualized teenagers. That's where we were. Um, I'd like to point out the other cheerleaders, the not fabulous ones, I suppose, are doing actual cheer stunts. So good for them. Um. Brooke, the HBIC, is crawling around or crawling across the gym floor um, and gets in the way of one of the not fabs trying to do her back handsprings. And then it cuts off and this was a halftime show. What? So the-, the announcer says, quote, they always put on a great show, don't they, fellas? So this movie is already canceled. <laughs> so I got very misogynistic vibes from the case itself. So I'm glad the movie was true to that. Yeah. Um, the coach confronts Brooke about blocking the other girl and primping in front of the crowd. Brooke tells coach that she could really use some help and hands over her lipstick, then flips her off. Uh, I was like, what school is this? <laughs> 
I would lose um, my job if some kid thought they were going to talk to me like that. So the coach quits. Okay, so not the same route I would take, but close. Cut to Jenna Dewan, who is gushing to Principal Tatum O'Neill. Oh, yeah, Tatum O'Neill's in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Side note. Cash. <laughs> what happens when I don't do my proper cast list. Um, Tatum O'Neill, who happens to be Brooke's mom, about what a dream job this is going to be. Tatum talks, takes her to the girls' practice, where she talks about girl power, blah, blah. Um, Brooke immediately starts humble bragging about the principal being her mom. Jenna goes and finds the teacher's lounge, where the tennis coach introduces himself and calls the Fab Five Satan's cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> So I, so I like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the teachers start betting in front of Jenna how long she'll last before she quits. That's hilarious. Um, and Jenna's just like, here, I'll join the pool because she's cool, cool coach. She's not a regular coach. She's a cool right. coach. Um, at home, Jenna's husband is studying for his master's. That's why they move there. So naturally they have sex amidst all the moving boxes. Well, you have to. It's a rule. At school, off-key American Woman plays again, so I guess that's the only song they purchased the rights <laughs> to for this movie. It's like the sexy SAT movie where they just played yeah. Fallen for the entire movie, but only like 16 bars of it. Yeah, but this is not Lenny Kravitz. It's aggressively <laughs> not Lenny Kravitz. Um... Do, do, do. Uh, the Fab Five are talking about ditching class, making fun of the boys that are staring at them, and talking about how hot the history teacher slash tennis coach is. Um, they decide to go turn in their papers in the ditch class because, quote, Coach Carr says she needs help with the tryout schedule. TC, tennis coach, asks the third one if she's going to leave too, and she says, no, I'm staying here with you. And I honestly don't know which one of those options is worse. <laughs> so Brooke and one of the other ones are hanging out in Jenna Dewan's room, going through her cheerleading magazines, and Jenna comes in. They start talking to her about getting on the covers of the magazines, and Jenna's like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, you should try out. You can get a scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Brooke starts t asking her or telling her she wants to go to school at USC so she can be a some, whatever they call their cheerleading squad. I don't know. I was a dancer. Sorry. Well, um, additionally, does your mom um, have any pictures of you on a rowing team or playing soccer? Yeah. She's like, I'm going to give you uh, Lori Laughlin's information. <laughs> uh, Jenna... Oh, she's like, plus my dad lives there. My dad can't wait to have me live with him. He's definitely not just living with his other family. <laughs> it was sad. Um, Jenna finally asks why they're not in class. And Brooke says that they got let go early and they're there to help with tryouts. When Jenna mentions that a back handspring is required to be on the squad, the other girl gives a very sad story about how she was in a car accident and she can't tumble anymore. I, Which, okay, I, I've tried out to be on a team. Uh-huh. You've tried out to do stuff. Uh-huh. 
if do they care if you can't do something if you can't do it you can't do it yeah like, yeah i'm gonna walk into um the rocket like audition. when i blew my acl my dance audition my dance teacher wasn't like oh it's fine right you could still be on the screen. i'm gonna walk into a rocket's audition and be like listen i know i'm overweight and a dude and also i've never done any of this shit before but i'm on right <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm the center rocket. The whole routine is built around me. <laughs> oh, no. Got to get those high kicks up, my friend. <laughs> I can touch my toes, but only if I meet them halfway. That's as close as you get. <laughs> there you go. I was Miss High Kick one week. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Um... Brooke chimes in, plus tumbling messes up our hair. (laughs) (laughs) Tumbling is what I assume to be the cool part of being a cheerleader. Right? Like tumbling and stunts, right? Like if you're not doing that, what are you're just standing there? That's not fun, is it? Um, no, okay, so we forgot, Aaron. There are the cheerleaders who do the tumbling and the like shouting and the like go team stuff. And then there are the cheerleaders who get the big ass fan to just stand in front of. And that's the part they were auditioning for. Look, those big ass fans will save your ass in the summertime, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna goes to chat with Tatum about things, but just as they sit down, other girl's mom comes storming and screaming that... That new cheerleading coach says my precious other girl might not make the squad. (laughs) Jenna introduces herself and tries to clarify, but the other girl's mom threatens to take her to court. And I was like, this is like big little lies, but with high schoolers. (laughs) Kind of into it. (laughs) Oh, speaking of big little lies. Yeah. Who do you have, Meryl or Laura Dern? So here's the thing. I think Meryl will win, but I really want it to be Laura Dern. You know, they both, like, I wish they could both win. I really do, because yeah. they're both, like, incredible. The one, And Laura Dern, like, is mind-blowing, but I can't get that fucking voice <laughs> right? of Meryl Streep's out of my head, even now, almost two years later. Um. So... Yeah, so the thing is, Meryl just wins everything. So I want Laura to have a shot. Yeah. But Meryl, I mean, there's a reason she, she wins oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, like, I just still storm around screaming, I will not, not be rich. <laughs> I just, I still sing the praises of Madeline and how passively bitchy that is how subtle it is it is oh by the way if you want to hear us talk more about that (laughs) please go join our patreon at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence we uh reviewed both seasons of big little lies anyways it's tryouts time other girl's mom is there and all of her i'd like to speak to the nca glory the committee that Jenna put together decided that other girl couldn't try out because she can't do a back handspring, but she does anyway, because her mom says that she can. Okay. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Um, other girl doesn't make the squad. 
And Brooke is given a co-captain. So Brooke and her minions try to run over Tatum O'Neill. Casual. Um, they stop just short and Brooke gets out and gives a very unconvincing speech about how she's the best. Then she disowns her mother. She gets back in her car and says their real problem is a coach who thinks she can do whatever she wants at their school. I hate children sometimes. Yes, it's the last day of school now. The girls all say hello to the vice principal who asks them if they're going to behave this summer. And one of the girls saunters up to him and she goes, how do you want us to behave? No, you're like 13. Go home, girl. Take a cold you're shower. Like oh, sorry. It's not like he's attractive. It's not like he's the tennis coach. It's just this random bald guy. Like, 13 is the default age I give whenever I am talking down to somebody specifically based on their age. It is how I present my ageism. I call everyone 13. Excellent. Okay. Um, the grossest guy I've ever seen comes and picks up other girl and they start making out. He's her older boyfriend who snuck on campus to see her because of course he is. I, how much older is this guy? I don't know, but I say this with a, a an abundance of experience in my pocket. If there is a guy hanging around a high school, even after he's graduated trying to date you, he, like, run. Right. Run. Run. They're all standing around talking about weed and how they can't smoke because Jenna, the quote-unquote Nazi bitch, will make them pee in a cup during cheer camp. What a monster. Um, TC and Jenna are walking down the hallway um, talking about how he's planning a romantic surprise for he and his wife's 10th anniversary. Um, the redheaded Fab Five girl has a big old crush on him. She's the one from the classroom earlier that was like, I'm staying here with you. Gotcha. Um, she walks up and overhears Jenna say, quote, so you don't think your wife will suspect a thing? Because they're talking about a surprise, like... Oh, good. So now they had an affair. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. Um, Great. I hate it. uh, Redhead Crush Girl gives TC a mix CD of chill songs. I... I, Is it just this uh, American woman on loop? Taylor Swift's new album. (laughs) She's like, I hope you have a miserable fucking summer. (laughs) And then he won't stop listening to it because it's so fucking good, even though it makes him miserable. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, TC says thank you, and then Redhead just stands there like a crazy person twirling her hair until it gets super awkward, and then she runs back to her friend saying, he's totally mine. (laughs) God. Um, Cut to a very large high school party, and I went to a large high school, but I don't remember our parties being like this wild. Um, 
where our Fab Five are drunken swimsuits and high heels letting boys take pictures of them, which is always a good thing. If I had a dollar uh, for every time I've been drunk in high heels and a swimsuit and let guys take pictures of me, I'd still be waiting for my first dollar. But it could happen. Yeah. Um, they're drinking straight out of liquor bottles, which is something only trained adults should do. Um, <laughs> the girl who's throwing the party comes... Oh, the girl's mom, the girl who's throwing the party, her mom comes home and just looks at her and says, there had better be some tequila left for my margaritas or you're in big trouble. Fair enough. Now, listen, I just want to say, like, I get it. Like, I went to high school. There are high school parties, whatever. And, of course, there are parents who let you drink at their house. And it's not so much that they let you because – it's more that they're just not paying attention. Right. Not once have I had someone's parents come home in the middle of a party and be like, if there's no alcohol left, I'm going to be mad. That's never happened. <laughs> Nor should it. If it comes, if they come home during a party, like everyone's getting in trouble. <laughs> so now it's cheerleading camp day and Jenna notices that other girl is there, even though she's not on the squad. Tatum informs her that she was added back to the squad by the superintendent, which I hear is what superintendents do all day. They add poor, sad, displaced cheerleaders back to the rightful squad. Well, listen, if Jesus is concerned with Facebook servers, the superintendent can be concerned with a cheerleader. I'm more worried about the sex. The demon sex. Oh, my... uh my microphone cut off and so we had a conversation that you could hear because it went through my headphones but our audience could not hear so that's great um yeah no i mean yeah the demon sex is a big deal but like all of it is stupid (laughs) jenna tries to call central office but tatum tells her she can never call central office without tatum's permission that's not how schools work and if you're at a well, this is not how schools work either. They go to cheer camp in a limousine. What kind of upper crust white bullshit is this? Get your ass on a bus, sweat, get off the bus, and complain about how bad it smells like everyone else. I went to an upper crust white high school, and nobody drove us around in a limo ever. The one time we got like a charter bus instead of a school bus was when we had to drive four hours to an away game during the playoffs. Ooh. That's it. <laughs> um, so one of my- The rest of the time we were sweating it out on that damn school bus and now I'm mad about it. <laughs> well, here, I will share my favorite story from teaching that's not happened to me ever. Um, one of my one of my best friends that I work with, just that worked at the school I just left, um, she grew up going to Montessori and private schools and um, her parents always drove her. And so teaching in public school was kind of a rude awakening in some aspects. Like she's a bang up teacher, but just like the day-to-day life of average students was interesting to her. They were taking yeah. a field trip to go to her, the high school. Cause she taught eighth grade and they got on a bus and the kids were complaining of the smell. And it was the first time she'd ever been on a school bus. She goes, guys, school buses just smell. And they were like, no, like, this is awful. And she was like, shut up and sit down. Like, so 
as the bus takes off, the carcass of a dead bird shifts from underneath one of the seats and had gotten trapped on the bus and died there. And she was so out of touch with public schools that she just assumed all buses smelled like that. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh gosh. Uh, anyways. So they get to cheer camp and they're also staying in like a super posh hotel. And I'm like, what school is this? Right. I mean, is this like Otter Bay High School? <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> um, they go to practice, which the five, the fab five just refuse to practice. Well, they already know it all. They, all they have to do is stand in front of a fan. Why are you confused? Oh, my God. Later that night, some of the girls get into a fight over duct tape. So Jenna offers to take the Fab Five to get more. They steal her phone and text TC, like, something super inappropriate. No. Um, he calls later and is like, uh, what the fuck, dude? So Jenna loses her shit on the girls, as she should have. Right. Um, she kicks all the girls out of Brooke's hotel room, because they should be in bed anyway, and tries to get Brooke a pep talk. The next day, Brooke participates, and so Jenna is feeling like she's making progress. We cut to the fall pep rally, where the girls are performing in a puddle of confetti with ribbons. There are pyrotechnics and all kinds of stuff. What the fuck kind of school is this? And why don't I, don't I work know. there? But it's actually a super cute routine, so good for them. Jenna talks about how amazing all the girls are, and Tatum comes in to ruin it, all by saying the person they have to thank is Jenna. Um, so Brooke gets up and gets super pissed. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing, like... Let me try to explain better. Jenna is talking about how, like, they're all like really working together and like getting along. Like everyone's like friends. And, um, you know, Jenna's like talking to them about the routine and how great it was. And she's like, and you know, Brooke, like we really, we really have to thank you. Like you had a vision for what this would look like. You worked so hard on the choreography and you got the money to get like all the, the sparklers okay, so and then stuff. Brooke did actually do work. Okay. She did, she did. And so then the then Brooke's mom like walks in and she's like, It's all thanks to Jenna, which that's kind of like shitty. But, um, but also Jenna's the teacher, so I don't know. Right. Like like Jenna could have said no to all of Brooke's ideas. So she didn't not help, but she apparently yeah. didn't deserve all the praise. Yeah. Um uh, meanwhile, other girl's gross older boyfriend is now hooking up with both her and one of the other Fab Five. Well, you have to. It's the rule when you're 90 and still hanging around at high school. It's like Matthew McConaughey in Days to Confuse. Right? Only he's actually hot. You he's going to run for governor? I mean, at this point, why the fuck not? I'll vote for him. Um, um, yeah, this guy's like super gross though. Like why are any of them dating him? It's gross. Um, they start making out and two guys see them. So naturally this will be all over the school before first period. Oh yeah. Um, 
Sure enough, she walks up the stairs and finds the guys talking to Brooke and the other four. She drops her bag and sprints away. And they chase her. The guys or the fat five? The girls. And the guys are running after the girls, right? So there's like all these people, half of them in cheerleader uniforms, like running around the school. It was fucking hysterical. (laughs) Scooby-Doo music's playing. (laughs) No, it was American Woman. (laughs) Woman. (laughs) On loop. But sang by Taylor Swift in a minor key. (laughs) Um... She finally runs into a gate, so they all surround her. Um, other girl calls her a fugly slut, like straight out of Mean Girls. Yes! Um, and they proceed to get in a girl fight, complete with slapping and hair pulling. Other girl must have come from the hood, though, because she eventually beats the shit out of this, uh, this girl. TC finally comes and breaks up the fight and asks what's wrong. Um... This chick knows that stitches get stitches, so she just says she has bad stomach cramps. <laughs> um, redhead crush girl um, missed it because she was in class taking a test. So Brooke calls her in the middle of class, in the middle of her test, and she just fucking answers and starts talking. What the fuck? The teacher tells her to get off the phone, and she looks up and she's like, do you mind? Oh my god. So the teacher and Jenna file for disciplinary action against the girls. Tatum O'Neill is suddenly pissed about it for I don't know what reason. Um, Jenna goes to Tatum's office to talk about it all. And Tatum just tells her the whole cheating. The whole like, uh, oh, the whole cheating, like uh, other girl's boyfriend cheating on him with this other chick uh, scandal. Like she's suddenly one of the students and she's like, you know, giving her the hot tea. (laughs) Okay, but that is realistic. Teachers do that shit all the time. I know, but as a principal, when you're trying to talk about, like, a disciplinary, she's and she's like, oh, but don't you think it was justified? Let me tell you why. And she's like, mm, uh-uh. so this happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we cut to the girls. Oh, then she, like, suddenly, or then she gaslights Jenna about, like, why they don't need to do disciplinary action against the girls. So... We cut to the girls parking at a gas station to get beer with their cheerleading uniforms on. Classy. And I'm pretty sure that when you're trying to convince someone you're 21, <laughs> you shouldn't be wearing your high school cheerleading uniform. I don't see what the problem is here. What do I know? Um, none of them have their fake IDs on them. So Brooke crawls into a car with some random boys. Then they go to the dirty store with these guys. The dirty store. Uh, (laughs) Dirty store. I love the dirty store. It's my favorite place. Um, Anyways. uh, Speaking of the dirty store, did you see those pillows I sent y'all earlier? Yes. I want one so bad. Okay. Um, Jenna gets a call because the next morning, Jenna gets a call because the video the boys took of the girls playing with sex toys and drinking in this dirty store in their cheerleading uniforms is on YouTube. Great. But it's really like you face because. Right. (laughs) Um, Jenna shows the video to Tatum and the vice principal. So Tatum calls the central office to handle it. Meanwhile, T 
TC is walking down the hallway and redhead crush girl follows him. Casual. No. Sinister music is playing. Of course it is. TC goes to Jenna's classroom to tell her that he thinks that even with all this mess, if anyone can help them turn it around, it's Jenna. And they hug. Oh, shit. And redhead girl takes a picture. Jenna walks into practice later to see the girls sprawled across the bleachers, filleting lollipops, like you do at cheerleading practice. Well, how else do you warm up, Erin? I have, like, okay, so quick anecdote. We used to, like, so we used to have, like, a, almost like a garage type thing that we warmed up in for dance practice. Okay. And we would play music, but there was, like, there was, like, SJ, who was our, our coach. It was, like, SJ-sanctioned music and, like, our music. And, if she, like, so one day we're all warming up. We're playing the Dave Matthews Band because it was the 90s. <laughs> and um, she walked in, and she was so mad because of the song we were playing. Because basically, I mean, all Dave Matthews music is basically about sex. Right. <laughs> and so... She was super pissed at us for playing it. We weren't allowed to, like, pick our own music for a really long time after that. Well, yeah. So the fact that these girls are basically showing off their BJ skills on lollipops, like, my teacher would have knocked them all silly. Oh, whenever I was a dance coach, because I was, it's one of those rare things I don't tell people often, um, me and the head coach had to deal with a threesome that happened in the um, in the dance room while we were teaching other classes. So, delightful. Delightful. Yeah. I know more secrets, but I, I'm bound by the sisterhood of money. <laughs> so I can't I can't disclose. Anyways. Um, so Jenna comes in, she tells them how disappointed she is, and they make fun of her, so she kicks them out. They go and find a girl whose mom sent the video to Jenna and Brooke and just oh sorry, to Jenna, and Brooke just starts punching her in the face. Okay, that's um, an option. Megan, the nor- the normal co-captain who has, like, somehow prevailed, <laughs> um, comes out and breaks it up while Brooke screams like a lunatic. And, oh, it's Megan's little sister. So she's like, I'm going to go call mom. And her sister's like, no, you heard them. They're going to ruin my life. You can't call mom. You have to promise <laughs> that you won't call her. I hate teenagers. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. I'm like, these bitches are 16. I can't. Uh, da, da, da. Where was I? Um, Jenna tries to mediate with the parents who think a 30-day suspension for the video of them drinking in their uniforms in a sex shop on Uface. <laughs> 30 day suspension for that is too long just entirely too long I don't think it is but that's just me I'm pretty sure that if I had pulled that in high school I probably would have gotten expelled so okay I say that but I actually am really reticent to suspend or expel kids. I would much rather um, find other forms of disciplinary action. Um, 
Also, this is a cheerleading squad suspension, not okay. a school suspension. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I would just expel them from the team, but not from school. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have been off the team, like, bare minimum off the team. Yeah. Um, so, one of the dads calls Jenna their, quote, little cheerleading coach. Oh, no. Sorry, sir. You're canceled. And I almost lost my mind. Uh, while this is all happening, the girls are marching around the school dressed like a horse. Uh, uh, look, like I'm 100% my body, my choice. You should wear whatever you want. And I think that dress codes in schools have gone entirely too far. Oh, yeah. With and how they monitor the... girls' clothing. However, I don't think something like, please cover your vagina at school is out of line. Okay, now, Aaron, where where do you get off saying that? Like, who do you think you are, <laughs> except for a concerned citizen of the world? Yeah. Here's the thing, like, it should not be distracting to the boys because they need to mind their own fucking business. Right. But also, that would be distracting to everyone. Right. The current state of school dress codes are innately sexist and classist. And oh, absolutely. that is something I worked really hard on at my last school. I was on the team that rewrote the dress code. And the there was like this ultra conservative guy on the group with us. And he would be like, okay, we need to write that hairstyles must not be distracting. And I'd be like, no, no, no. That's too vague. Because now you can go and punish anybody you fucking want because you think it's too distracting. I have ADHD. Everything on this planet is distracting. Are you going to outlaw dust from the school? You want to outlaw that one cart with a squeaky wheel that rolls down when the librarian's going? You know, like, like where are we going to end this? So how about we have like a very clear cut? Hair colors cannot be this or that. Not hair colors cannot be distracting because that's bullshit. So I just remember, and I feel like the the late 90s, early 2000s was like the heyday for this shit. It's like teachers calling you up in the hallway in front of other people and just berating the way that you're dressed. I had a teacher that would like break out a tape measure and measure the length of our skirts. No. Nope. In the hallway while people watched. It's humiliating. Yeah. I don't. And like no offense, but also it was the late nineties, early two thousands. So if I'm wearing plaid shorts and uh, uh, opaque stockings underneath, because that was somehow the style, <laughs> then you can't see anything. Right? You can't see anything. Oh God. Anyways. I get off my soapbox now. We anyway, have like seventeen soapboxes. This is this is lifetime like sentence, and this is our soapbox special. Aren't you glad we didn't die? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we really missed you guys, though. Um, they stroll into TC's class, who say that they're dressed the way they're dressed is entirely unacceptable. He tells them to go get a pass to go home and change their clothes. Uh, they then all accuse him of sexually harassing them. That's not how that works. Um, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, da, 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 da. They say they're not going anywhere, so he leaves. He's like, bye. <laughs> um, 
Brooke takes over the class and they start making fun of the girl who was dating other girls' boyfriend. So she leaves crying. He felt bad for her. So there's no type of of immunity within this group even. Oh no, no, no. Okay. No. She is like out of the group. They're the Fab Four now. Oh, okay. Um You can't sit with us! Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Megan finds her crying. So she's the co-captain. She finds her crying in the locker room shower. And um, she goes in and she's like, it's not that easy being on the other side, is it? And the girl like is like, but I was never as mean as they're being to me. And Megan's like, you were. <laughs> you were as mean. Um, but like now you see that it really sucks, right? Like, um TC and Jenna are in his classroom talking about the girls maybe having access to the server and changing their absences and stuff. Um, TC says he's done fighting and doesn't care anymore. Um, Brooke, meanwhile, is at home fighting with Tatum about why she won't appeal whatever tiny slap on the wrist the girls got for the video. Brooke says if Taylor doesn't knuckle under, she'll disappear forever. Just then, central office calls and reduces their suspension to 15 days. Nope. Cheerleading suspension. Nope. I just want to say that if this shit was happening with my high school dance teacher, she would have strung us all up on a pole to make examples out of us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Jenna calls in sick, so she... Puts Megan in charge. Um, the other girls are still on probation, so they start passing around a tequila party that, uh, or a tequila bottle that Party Girl found in her mom's liquor cabinet and brought to school. Um, I really thought you were going to so say they, she found it like in her backpack. Like, oh, I forgot this was here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they ditch cheerleading practice and go drink in Brooke's car. So they're all drunk and decide to drive to someone's house to get high. They almost run over the security guard who tells them they can't leave because they don't have an off-campus pass. Brooke leans out of the car and says, do you know who I am? (laughs) And he just looks at her and says, yes, I do. Please park your car. (laughs) Yes, get it. But Tatum walks out and catches them. She takes them back to her office. Um, Brooke says the tequila bottle is actually a prop for health class. You know, that old I brought tequila to show kids what sex is like health class. Um, uh, So they're talking to the vice principal, right? Because Tatum's like, I can't deal with this. Bye. Um, So they're talking to the vice principal and they tell him that it's, it's it's a health class prop. Right. Because that's a thing. Um, do, 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 do. But he doesn't believe them. No. So, um, they start giving him like every ex- excuse in the book, right? Jenna walks up to the school just in time for TC and the security guard to fill her in on what the hell's going on. She goes to talk to Tatum, who didn't write them up because there was no alcohol in the bottle, so they can't prove the girls were drinking. Do you not have a nose or like, we just... (laughs) Tatum leaves, so Jenna confronts the vice principal about why he sticks up for the girls and accuses him of changing the attendance in the classes, etc., 
He tells her she's out of line and maybe she needs another day off. Jenna says they'll be dealing with her until they decide to handle things the right way. And she storms out. She cancels everything except practice for all of the girls. Okay. Which sucks. While the now fab four sit at the top of the bleachers watching like snotty bitches. Jenna cancels practice and tells everyone to go home. She calls the superintendent, but he doesn't show up at the school. Although I bet he did just not to talk to her. So Jenna goes to Megan's mom and asks for help. Tatum calls the girls in to tell them that they actually are getting up for getting written up for skipping class and they're getting demerits. Other girl gets kicked off the squad now because she already had demerits and these put her over. Okay. Brooke screams in her mom's face. She's like, you're just letting her control you, aren't you? And then she's like, answer me, answer me, like screaming in her face while Tatum O'Neill just shrinks down at her desk and starts crying. I'm like, how are you going to be a principal if a tiny little blonde girl you raised yourself is scary to you? Right? She offers the now fab three. Oh, I'm sorry. So we're back at uh, practice, cheerleading practice. Jenna's doing like a little exercise to get everyone to start over. She's giving everyone erasers. And she offers the now fab three erasers. Um, Brooke and Redhead refuse, but blonde tequila accepts. So after practice, Brooke storms down the hall telling her friends, this is our squad. We were here before her and we'll be here long after she's gone. And I'm like, yeah, when you fail high school, you may in <laughs> fact be there after she retires. Uh, <laughs> um, so they take the photo that Redhead took of Jenna and TC and turn it into the assistant principal saying that they're having an affair because teenagers are stupid and don't realize that their actions have Real life consequences. Yeah, and long lasting ones at that. Mm -hmm. Jenna goes to a meeting for Other Girls Appeal where her mom just goes to town on Jenna. Uh, Redhead marches into practice late saying she had a makeup test, but she has the answers written all over her leg to the test. Um, Jenna was like, you need to leave practice and I'm going to have to write you up for academic dishonesty. So Redhead screams that everyone hates her and why won't she just quit? And then she runs outside and calls her daddy. Um, Jenna goes to Tatum and says she either needs authority with the team or she's going to resign as cheerleading coach. Tatum has Jenna give it to her in writing. She goes home and her she's all proud of herself. She's like, they're going to give me authority. They want they wanted me to write it out in paper. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, that means that you resign. That's your right? resignation. Yeah. <laughs> So Jenna sends the girls an email for reasons because they make decisions about whether she resigned. Uh, okay. Um, so, and of course the girls tell Tatum that it's creepy and they heard teachers say that she's an embarrassment. And one of them even heard the superintendent say he doesn't even know why Jenna was hired in the first place. So Tatum fires Jenna and tells her to leave campus immediately. She goes and packs her desk while the Fab Four come in and tell her, oh, come in to, like, put her down and, like, be bitches to her and tell her to get out of their school. God. Jenna just looks at Brooke and says she feels extra bad for her because Jenna was the only one who wanted to give her a chance. Um, Megan's mom, she goes to Megan's mom's house, and Megan's mom tells her that they had all the parents sign a letter to get her reinstated, but the school didn't even listen to them. Then she tells her that a news station has picked up the U-Face video. So Jenna is off to try and use it to her advantage. 
Brooke and one of the others see their faces blurred out on the news while Jenna talks about how out of control they are. And they squeal because they're, quote, totally famous now. Great. That is exactly how middle schoolers react. I mean, high schoolers, Mm. like how teenagers react. I know. American woman is back while they strut down the hallway. Remember when people wore baby doll dresses over their jeans? Yes. It's a very important time in fashion. Throwback. Uh, Tatum says Jenna is crazy, and the superintendent says that he knows, but they have to hire an independent investigator. Um, Tatum assures him that everyone will cooperate. They they interview Brooke and Tatum first, who put on a big, fat, innocent faces, and then blonde tequila, and then redhead, and then other girl. TC and the history teacher call Jenna to complain about how hard all of this is on them. (laughs) Great. I was rooting for you, TC. I really was. Right? Finally, it's Jenna's turn to speak with him. After she's done, she runs into Brooke in the hallway, and they have a little showdown. Jenna tells her with the video being all over the media now, good luck getting into USC. (laughs) Um, The investigator gives his findings to the um, school board, and he finds in favor of Jenna. Yay! Um, He calls Tatum a failure as both a principal and a mother, which, ouch. But also Um, true. TC and history teacher come into the um, main office just as Tatum comes out to tell them that she's been suspended as the principal. Also, she's pulling Brooke out of school. So, bye. That'll Uh, teach everybody. The other three are off the squad for good and their parents have to deal with them. So, like, they all get up to storm out because they didn't get their way, of course. And TC, like, holds open the door for him, for them all. And he's like, here, let me get that for you. <laughs> and then him, him and the history teacher do this, like, low-key high five. They're like, boop. <laughs> now, they Eric. need to see themselves out after being assholes to Jenna. Yeah. Um, Brooke and Tatum leave the school uh, with a ton of media following them. Um, they get in their car and leave, and so the media turns to Jenna, who gives a speech about how disappointed she is that the school won't give her her job back because she loved it, and how this whole thing was about entitlement. Four months later, at the Southwest Regional Cheerleading Championship, Jenna and her husband are there to watch the girls perform. The girls all run up and hug her, um, which is very cute. Megan's mom tells her about how her youngest daughter wrote about Jenna as a person who overcame adversity in the school paper. She watches, she watches the girls perform and cries. Uplifting music is playing, which I wanted to hear the routine music, even if it was American woman again. (laughs) Um, They do the pyramid. Everyone cheers. Yay. The end. That was a wild ride. I know. Um, Yeah, there's. I have so many feelings. So many. Let me get my notes open and stop playing with my um, artwork. And by <laughs> artwork, I mean complete shit that I just threw on the paper because I needed to. All right. So um, this week I got my sources or my information from uh, love2know.com. Um, an article called 
an article called McKinney, Texas Cheerleader Scandal by Valerie Delp. Um, Newsweek ran an article called Scandal, Cheerleaders Run Amok in Texas, and it was by um, Ariane Campo-Flores. Um, I got information from a website called Red Orbit, and I even went to Fox News and got information um yeah called girls gone but also i have to say the word the the term run amok is very underutilized in our society amok 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 um this last one is girls gone wild texas cheerleaders terrorize town and it was from a program called on the record (laughs) now i just think you have about girls and cheerleading up with like terrorizing, <laughs> like burning buildings down and like godzilling <laughs> the place. Oh god! Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, many people described this Texas cheerleader scandal as um, very similar to Girls Gone Wild, which was a franchise that was unfortunately very popular at the time. It was very ubiquitous. Oh boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh But. Others um, definitely would say that it's a case of parenting gone bad, and I am on that team. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, either way, nobody denies the behavior and antics of the senior cheerleaders on the 2006 North McKinney High School squad. Um, and they were serious. Dude, problem. by your senior year, you are coasting. Like, why? Well, it just it blows my mind. So this was the senior team of 2006, 2007. I had just graduated high school. Like, I was a freshman in college. So these girls were my age doing things that I would never have dreamt of doing at 18 years old. Um. And not also, I lived in a small town where everyone had spanking privileges, no matter how old you were. So like, we we didn't fuck up publicly in my hometown. I just like, I'm not going to claim innocence in any factor, but some of this shit I would have lost my life for. Right. Um. You just, you don't have documentation. That's, that's the thing that they keep missing here. So, um, the so-called Fab Five, Fab Five consisted of, um, Carissa. Jonathan Van Ness, Tan France. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anthony Caramo and Bobby. Uh, right? Yeah, I wish. I wish I was telling a story about them. It'd be a much better day. I mean, that. That is the Fab Five. Right. So, <laughs> so um, they they were Carissa Thorette, Danielle um, Bielo, Shanika Dancy, Brittany Radar, and Elizabeth Griffin. Um, and what eventually escalated as an infamous scandal um, was unfortunately four years of bad behavior just building, starting from 2002. They were seen this as... Crazy, like... Our cheerleaders were so nice. Maybe I was just more popular than I thought I was, but you they were, were so nice to me. You were on the dance line. So? Y'all were like, y'all were not in the same sorority, but y'all were in sororities enough that had to take care of each other. If you were fat Paul Adams sitting in the back of a history class judging everybody, the cheerleaders were not nice to you. I mean, all the boys were mean to me. 
none of like I never had a problem with girls in my high school. It was always I said I cannot imagine the boys weren't mean to you because you were smart and well spoken and had opinions that weren't um Texas. <laughs> like how dare yeah. you be a free thinking individual? Well, I really think that back then it was because I was like I was very much married to my virginity and to Jesus. Oh. And so they weren't getting any you were, and I also only dated boys that, that went to other schools. Were you Amanda Bynes in Easy A? This is now how I'm picturing you. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> More like Mandy Moore in Saved. Okay. Not, not tons better, but I'll take it. <laughs> no. So um, they were seen as this elite clique that was, and I quote, blatantly mean to other students, obnoxiously rude to teachers, and callously manipulative of their coaches. Um, so parents and school administration just tolerated and then often even be, uh, enabled this behavior. Um, of course, Linda Thorette, who was the principal of North McKinney High School, was also Carissa's mother. She was accused of not only failing to discipline the girls, but also covering up their antics to allow them to stay on the squad and continue behaving badly. And, you know, the last, I told you before we started recording, but the last case we covered was only about 25 miles away from this one. So like all of the Dallas area needs to chill out. Well, I mean, living in Texas, we've known that for years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so just walk into any place in Dallas and uh, yell that you're not a Cowboys fan. Right. But I am. So I would never do that. Oh, God. Of course you are. Ugh. I have to. You don't have to. Well, listen, it's either them or the Saints. Do you like coach if I want to. Yeah, I do. Actually, listen, teaching <laughs> is my fun money because I'm actually um, paid staff <laughs> for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Um, yeah, I make one. Yeah, I, I knew that house you bought was a little bit too big. That's that Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's that Jerry Jones money. <laughs> Dude, fuck the Cowboys. And you don't have to, you don't have to like a team like in your state or close by. You can like any team in the country, just not the Patriots and not the Cowboys. See, I like the Cowboys. And then my second team is the Packers. And then... There was a year that a friend of mine played for the Jets, and that was the worst year of my life because I had to watch the Jets. Oh, man. (laughs) Yikes. Right? Um, Anyway, so since the girls refused any sort of discipline and... I have a KC fan. I like Patrick Mahomes, so... Okay, I'll give you that. I like him a lot. Um, Anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. Since they refused any sort of discipline and things were covered up by the um, principal often, they went through five different cheerleading coaches in three years. And this is where my petty ass would not give up. Like, I can say, often I'm like, I don't know how to act in a situation, so I can't judge. But like, I am a teacher, who's dealt with the shittiest kids you can imagine sometimes. And I'm too petty to let them win. It's not that I'm good at it. It's not that I care too much. It's that I am so petty that a kid is not going to win. <laughs> um, 
Anyway. Your pettiness is really inspiring, though, for sure. They're going to make a movie about me, and I'm not sure if it's going to be on Lifetime or Hallmark, but one day, or or ID, but one day I will be on TV. (laughs) And I'll be there. Like, I saw it coming. (laughs) They had it coming. I knew the whole time. Yeah. So, Michaela Ward was their last... Podcast, like, it'll be Oxygen Snapped, yes. podcaster edition. <laughs> uh, Michaela Ward was their last coach. She attempted to bring what she felt was a culture of entitlement to a halt late in 2006. Um, so, her relationship with the girls started off amicably, um, but things quickly went south. Um, the girls started to play pranks on her. Um, including giving her what the report described as a chocolate tampon. And I, uh-huh. I don't want, <laughs> yep. Um, and sending racy text messages from her phone to her husband and to the tennis coach. That was a real thing. Okay. So the seniors on the North McKinney High School cheerleading squad caused a scandal to erupt when they posted, uh, when they posed in photographs while wearing their uniforms. The photographs were deemed racy, but that is a term that I can't stand because so much of this is on the edge of slut shaming. That mm-hmm. I just don't like the way anything was dealt with. However, if you're on a cheerleading squad, at, like in most Texas schools, there is some sort of professionalism clause and the clause that will say what you can and can't do in your cheerleading uniform. In which case, you have then violated a school and cheer policy. And those are the important things to talk about. It's just like when you're in a sorority or when you're in a dance team, anything you when you're wearing something that identifies you as part of the team you then are representative of the entire team exactly also one time our superintendent called us whores no that's unacceptable Mm -hmm. i was in the ninth grade great i hate it me too Uh, i was i did not appreciate it at all especially as married to my virginity as i was back then (laughs) So, um, it's okay. We got divorced my senior year. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, the infamous photos depicted the girls in a variety of compromising situations. The pictures that were posted on MySpace just to set that scene. (laughs) Oh no. Um, look, that's right. Cause that's when Facebook, you could only get on Facebook if you were at school. If you had a college email address. Yeah. Um, So, in fact, part of my freshman orientation was registering for Facebook. Like, that was one of the things after we got our email. Isn't it so crazy how Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook to do, like, basically hot or not at Harvard? And now it's, like, this big cultural, like, thing. Right. And they've been selling our information to China for years, and Trump hasn't been threatening to shut it down, so... It's because Mark Zuckerberg's in his pocket, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, so, like I said, many people describe these photos as it looking like they were screenshots from a Girls Gone Wild video. Um, 
in them, cheerleaders from the McKinney North High School um, were exhibited all variety of body behavior, said one article. Um, one picture showed <coughs> a girl dressed in a bikini sharing a bottle of booze with a friend. Another featured a cheerleader and several other girls. In, How was that in her uniform, though? I don't know, unless well, unless the other one was in the uniform or if it was at an official, like, a cheerleader pool party or something. Like, sure. right. See, and that's where I'm like, there are so many lines that are being towed here that I have a lot of feelings about this particular I, case. I get it because, like, I'm in, I'm kind of the final say in my girls and the things that they do post online that they definitely shouldn't and sometimes i'm like listen i get that you're in college and you're gonna drink and you're gonna party and you're gonna do things that i used to do but now i have to be the bad guy that like tells you not to do them right right but like the simple solution here is not to put it on instagram right snapchat tiktok facebook if you're really old school (laughs) myspace zanga Live journal. None of my girls have MySpace. <laughs> they were just wee little babies when MySpace went uh, belly up. Was bought by Justin Timberlake. And Dude, then he MySpace sold it. was cooler than Facebook, though. I don't know why MySpace didn't last. You know, it was cooler. And Tom just took the money from selling it out and like has made a comfortable life for himself and not been a jackass with it. So like also Tom, like you got to program your own page to Uh just decide like which of your friends like had to listen to your fucking annoying ass song, whether they wanted to turn it off or not. Right. Sometimes I would program mine to like bullshit. Like, I mean like, so I love Selena and like here in my room was one of my favorite jams, but I knew it annoyed lots of people in my life. So I would make that my MySpace song. <laughs> Cause I'm dreaming of you tonight. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we stand Selena on this Yes, podcast. we do. Anyway, um, another shot um, featured a cheerleader and several other girls in sexual poses, um, like with their dress, with their skirts hitched up, showing off their panties. Um, sorry, I know that's a canceled word, but that was in the article, and then I just said it. Oh, I like. I, I don't. don't like okay, that I know there are lots of people who have canceled that word, and I don't. People don't like it. I it. I don't care one way or the other. Okay, they're undergarments of some description. <laughs> Did that make it better? <laughs> so way way back to the twenties. <laughs> Um, but the most her pantaloons. <laughs> the most infamous photo of them all was taken in not just any dirty store, Aaron, in a condoms to go, which my mom and I have joked about my entire life about the name of this store because, like, what is your other option? Fucking use them there. <laughs> First of all, I have never heard of condoms to go. Oh yeah, they're big in the Metroplex. There's like thirty of them, and I'm. I'm kind of upset. Um, <laughs> second of all, we have the adult video Megaplex. That's our thing. Okay. Here. 
I feel like that's a little more classy than condoms to go. I don't know. As far as dirty right. stores go. Well, the idea of condoms to go makes it feel like there's a window that you pull up to and you're like, can I get ribbed for her pleasure? And then like you swipe your card and you just speed off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with this And idea. then there's like a really cute little boutique sex shop down the street from me called Adam and Eve. And that one's good too. Oh, is it like the website? No, not Adam and Eve. Oh, okay. No, yeah, there's there's that, and then there's another one close by me, and I can't remember what it's called now. Shades of Love, that one's really good. Ah. It's just a little boutique one. It's great. There's In my hometown, there's one now called Venus, I think, but growing up, there was one on the edge of town that was raided by the cops every three days because they had glory holes and lots of drugs being traded there. Um, Excellent. And it was held at gun like the borkers they were held at gunpoint once every six months i never could figure out why it stayed in business but it did we used to have a penthouse store i never even went inside of it really now i have regrets (laughs) regrets anyway so um at this condoms to go five smiling cheerleaders dressed in their uniform posed with giant candles that looked like dicks and one of okay, that's kind of funny. And one of them had it tipped up like this, like they were about to give it a blowjob, like this though. Like, how- <laughs> I don't, listen, <laughs> I wish I wish I were recording this to post on our Instagram. Aaron trying to figure out the logistics, of the dick candle. <laughs> I said I haven't given a blowjob in a long time, but. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, okay. Well, you have to get underneath it like you're scared of it, and then you hold it this way. That's the rule. I'm pretty sure the key is to not be scared of it. We are so off the rails. This is what happens oh when we God. take a break. So, um, Harold Jones, who was the lawyer that hired by the school district to investigate it, said, quote, it would be an overstatement to describe any of the photographs as pornographic, but it would be an understatement to describe them as harmless hijinks. Quite frankly, I personally find it creepy. And I'm like, that's probably not the adjective I would use. And not rated PG-13, rated R. Right. Yeah. So, um... The photos were at the heart of the scandal that rocked the school, which was an affluent community north of Dallas. Um, By many accounts, the group of cheerleaders known as the Fab Five were out of control. Um, In many ways, they seemed your stereotypical mean girls that um, were just kind of out of hand. And so when these condom store photos hit the internet, they triggered this firestorm. Um, Now, all of a sudden... Threat took this hard line, said her attorney, um, and she recommended that um, Michaela Ward, who is your Jenna, kicked all the girls off the squad, which is not what Michaela's story is, but, you know, that's a she said, she said situation where one is the boss, so I kind of don't trust her word as much as the employee who was unceremoniously let go in the middle of the year, I'm just saying. Yeah, probably that's probably a good instinct there. Um, So a committee of administrators from the school and district recommended, and this is going to, this is where I got pissed off the most. And I think you will get pissed off here Uh with me. 
They recommended 15 day suspensions for the girls in the drinking photos and 30 day suspensions for the girls in the condom store photo. So the ones who were illegally drinking underage got half the sentence of the girl who didn't know what a blowjob looked like. No. Yeah, I'm going to big fat veto that one. Yeah. One of them is unquestionably doing something inappropriate in her uniform. Um, The others are unquestionably doing something illegal in their uniforms. Right. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the parents protested that the latter picture shouldn't be treated more harshly than the former. So the superintendent agreed and reduced the penalty of both to 15 days. In the aftermath, um, Michaela Ward warned the cheerleaders that she'd kick them off if there were any more incidents. Good luck with that one. Good luck with that, one of them said to her instead. Um, So, not surprisingly, there were many more incidents, including the night of homecoming, when some of the cheerleaders arrived in a limo packed with students who'd already been drinking before getting to homecoming. Which is not unheard of, but, like... You're all idiots. You're all being watched. Yeah. I don't know. Like in my organization, um, if you show up having pre-gamed, especially if you're underage, but even if you're not, because you have a bartenders have like a, a liability when it comes to serving you mm-hmm. or over serving you. Right. Um, if you if you've pre-gamed and you show up to an event, we send you home. And it's not hard to tell. No, it's not. So, um, when we were in college, Sarah was the president of. People her... think they can they can shrug it off like so simply, like oh, I'm totally sober, and I'm like you're so like you're so drunk, like please leave. Right. <laughs> Um, when we were in college, Sarah was the president of her organization and they had this big event where all of the like East Texas and North Louisiana chapters came to our school for like Founders Day or one of those big events, you know, and one of her girls showed up, um, under the influence. And so Sarah, not knowing what to do, called her province officer and was like, I sent her home, but like do I just report this to you? Do I report, like how far up does this report go? Just cause she is a rule follower, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So the province officer called nationals who then called one of the professors at the music school before the, like before 24 hours had passed, that person had called Sarah into their office and told her that, um, should she ever pick on another music major at their school, they would make sure that I lose my scholarship because they knew Sarah didn't need hers. Threatened to kick me out of school because Sarah had done what she was supposed to. I've never been more angry at one human being in my entire life. Yeah, we don't, we don't do that. So... This is apparently confessional time with Paul. Um, That's okay. That person came and visited my school that I taught at my very first job and um, looked around my office and said, so how are you liking this job that I got you? 
And I went, you can sit down for a second. And I pointed at the chair. <laughs> and when they sat down, I, Let me tell you. I said, I'd like you to know that you didn't do shit for me. And you threatened to kick me out of school knowing that I couldn't afford school. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to wait until I'm finished speaking. You're going to stand up. You're going to leave my office and you're never going to come back in my classroom or I will have you escorted out by the police. And then you will say, thank you. Am I understood? And they said, well, I never. And I said, you just did get the fuck out. <laughs> that's amazing I called Sarah afterward I was like Sarah I did it I did it <laughs> <laughs> that's great I, I just can't I can't imagine I can't imagine like our national um, office reacting in that manner yeah and maybe it's because it's an NPC organization. Like we're way more under scrutiny yeah. than than other organizations. Well, and theirs is a professional music organization, which had all these like ridiculous restrictions because they were a professional music organization trying to put out professional musicians. And therefore they were trying to hold this different standard. And that is not a, you know, like, like y'all were... Not that y'all have lower standards or anything else, but the standard y'all were setting was so very different than what this one was trying to put forth that I think they were just misguided in the way they approached the situation. <clears throat> but it was just bad. Anyway, sorry. Enough about me. Back. Well, Juju says hi. Hi, Juju. Um, she got her new necklace. Oh. Can I show y'all this? So Keep pretty. Her little sparkly collar. Yeah, because uh, we were all hoping that you got you a matching necklace. Yes, I did not get my <laughs> amount of matching necklace. So anyway, so while the Fab Five became the center of this media shitstorm, it was cheerleading coach Michaela Ward who was forced to resign in October of 2006 when, according to her, all of her all the efforts to di- discipline the girls were undermined by administration. Um, Excellent. And then because. The principal really knew how to make herself look good. Um, She released a statement attacking Ward's character and accused her of making false allegations. So um, then Michaela Ward sued the school district. um, Of course she did. Right. And became the scapegoat of this entire story. So this is the point where um, the... Let's see. I've already said this. So like I said, one of the cheerleaders was the daughter of the principal. Um, And amid Mm -hmm. charges that Threat gave the girls preferential treatment, the school district launched a $40,000 investigation conducted by um, Howard Jones, who was the attorney I was talking about earlier. His 70-page report harshly criticized Threat and the assistant principal, Richard Bruner, um, and it helped to prompt Threat's resignation on December 21st. Uh, at the time of Good this particular riddance. article, Bruner was on paid leave while he was fighting to retain his job. But Jones's report took plenty of others to task as well. Um, from the parents to the police. He said, oh. quote, Kids will be kids, but adults have to be adults. Sadly, in this saga, I, I was struck by the reticence of many adults to accept the role of, quote, being the grown-up. Um, right. 
So he found numerous parties at fault, including the administration, as well as the cheerleading coach, Michaela Ward. He said that her coming in, she tried very hard to like be their friend, not be friendly, which are two very different situations. And that that, uh, kind of encouraged their behavior in the beginning. Um, Well, but I also think like if you get away... I have a hard time like faulting a new teacher. Like I get the be their friend versus be friendly, but like the fact that they'd gotten away with it for years and they knew that That's they would most likely get away with my it. My next sentence. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. No, you're fine. Um, he noted that the photos were merely depicting what had become a four year tyranny of the fab five or tyranny. I know we go back and forth on that. Um, one teacher said that the girls were so... Un- I say tyranny because that's correct. <laughs> One of the teachers said the girls were so untouchable that gang members were nothing by comparison um, because they'd just been allowed to build and build. I, I don't really like the context of that. Mm-hmm. Again, I told you there are lots of people and lots of things I didn't like about this case, but I was pulling quotes. Um yeah. The cheerleaders had been reportedly uh, had reportedly been a menace long before this incident. Um, one teacher told a squad member to quit talk- talking on the cell phone in class, and the girl replied, "Shut up! I'm talking to my mom." <coughs> and oh hell no! Every single one of my high school teachers would have grabbed that phone and shoved it where the sun don't shine. Yep. yep. Um. On a separate occasion. But also, like, cell phones were barely a thing when I was in high school. Um, I graduated in 2001, and I had, like, one of those big block brick Nokias that you could change the face out yeah. of. Yeah. And we weren't even allowed We weren't even allowed to bring them in school. We had to leave them in our car. Uh-huh. Um, so the same cheerleader on a different occasion uh, was reprimanded by a teacher, and she responded, you need to pull your panties out of a wad. Um, the girls were just as ornery in their cheerleading activity. Like I said, they led five coaches to quit in three years. The principal's daughter was known to flip off her coaches. Um, and instead of get, uh, instead of the daughter being kicked off the squad, school administrators, um, allowed her to quit so that she could try out the following year. So like, Listen, if you get kicked off, you can't try out again. But if you go ahead and quit, then you'll be given another chance next year. And this was like toward the end of a school year anyway. So she learned nothing. Like this, I'm not a girl mom. So, although I am now a mom to like 80, 18 to 21 year old girls, which is terrifying. Um, But if this was my child and I was principal at a school and I would be mortified oh yeah to even show my face yeah I wouldn't even want to go there well and especially to think my subordinates know that I suck at everything like you can't even say face is a yeah. boss um, my subordinates know that I kowtow to my daughters every whim So how can I expect them to respect me when I don't even make my own child respect me? Um, So after all of this, um, Michaela Ward told, um, told the attorney, Howard Jones, 
um, that Thoret, quote, tried to ruin my life over this. I was called a liar, crazy, and on meds. Um, and then, of course, Thoret's attorney denies this because it's not written down anywhere. But I guarantee you that this woman said that. Like, I can tell, yep. I can feel in my heart of hearts. So, in the end, um, basically, Harold, Harold Jones, I keep calling Howard. Harold Jones says that... Um, Nobody in this situation is innocent. And these were the sightings in his findings. Michaela Ward um, was guilty for befriending and enabling the girls. Linda Thoret for covering up scandals and failing to discipline the girls. And he rebuked her for failing to balance her dueling obligations as a mother and a principal. Other teachers for choosing career advancement over stepping up. So because she was the principal, they figured that if they just... Um, ignored it that they would have line. Uh-huh, yeah. they would have a chance to move into curriculum or things like that. Um, the girls for being disobedient and flippant, the assistant principal for looking the other way, the media for running amok with this story and sens- sensationalizing it more to make money. Um, so, of course, the parties involved. So everyone. Right. The parties involved, of course, all dispute these conclusions. Thoret's attorney says that she was doing her best to control her out-of-control daughter and that as principal, she propelled the school to the pinnacle of academic excellence, which um, everyone agrees with. Like, yeah, the school had great test scores. That's actually a symbol of what the teachers are doing and not what the principal's doing. She's, oh, for sure. She's not in any classroom, so she doesn't get to take much credit of that. Um see um one of the fab five claims that their depiction as girls gone wild is unjustified she says that critics made us out to be people we're not um and then there was actually a pretty interesting article about them dealing with infamy and how it was kind of unjustly thrust upon them um because while they made poor choices they were 17 and 18 years old and thank God that we're not all put to task for the things that we did when we were 17 and 18 years old. Well, theor- like here, this is the problem is that they then become, they, they turn from perpetrator to victim because they are underage and the media is supposed to protect their identity. However, when your mom is the principal and the, the center of the scandal, everyone knows who you are. Right. Um, it's a it's a very basic uh, deduction to figure out who all of these five girls were, oh, and I'm yeah. sure the media ran with it. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, none of the Fab Five remained on the team, um, and Thoret reached a settlement with the school board, agreeing to resign in exchange for a payout of seventy five thousand dollars and a letter of recommendation to a new school. She actually did go on to become, I think, assistant superintendent of curriculum. Uh, for Laredo ISD, and I think she still holds that position. Um, I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's... I, I'm t- stuck between, like, yeah, she could totally have changed her way of thinking, and then also, it just seems like all those nursing jobs where they just pass people around. Uh-huh. 
and then people because die it's a in every lot of hospital. work to fire them and oh, then yeah. people die mm-hmm. oh yeah in every educational world this is what happens the people who were out for my job last year the most were people who sucked in the classroom um or were questionable administrators who just kept getting messed like pushed up um because in the world of education we have a system called screw up promote up <clears throat> It just, I feel that in in my job as well, and you kind of know these stories, kind of not, because I haven't told all of them, but it's like, why? Like, it, like it's so frustrating. It's like beating my head against the wall. Like, I'm trying so hard to get a promotion or to whatever, and then these people that are terrible at their job get one. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> Um, like if you, I feel like I'm on the bachelor and I'm like, if you like her, <laughs> why am I here? Right. So, um, according to Ward, of course, she was the only solid voice of reason in this situation. Um, she certainly, um, walked away in the best shape of all of them. While the district and media slammed her character, she is actually still coaching cheerleading and uh, completed her master's degree. Um, she did have that lawsuit against the school district for wrongful termination and defamation, but she dropped the suit. Um, it doesn't say if she, she settled or not, but I hope she did. She deserves that. Probably. Um, and then, It's probably sealed, and I'm sure she did. Right. Um Especially because school districts, the last thing they want is a bunch of media attention hanging over their heads about wrongfully terminating someone. Right. Um, And then, so, of course, my final note is just that um, Lifetime made a movie in 2008 based on these events. Nuh-uh. Right? (laughs) No way. That was a clear copy and paste. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you for sharing this evening with me. This has been a long episode, despite the fact that those are my shortest notes in a long time. But I'm, I'm happy. Like, I'm so happy we're back and are like, we, I really did miss everyone. All of our listeners and everything. And I miss making the podcast and I miss you. And it's just, and shout out to the tons of people who wished us well, who, um, Oh my gosh yes y'all are amazing helped us out we had um great friend of the pod lydia um helped us get our announcement out that we were all dying and going on hiatus for a minute um mm-hmm. we had just so many people reached out to um wish us the best and i cannot tell you how appreciative i am um because i talk to you and to me, this podcast is just a two-hour conversation with you every week. And sometimes yeah. I forget that other people are involved. And then we just get this incredible yeah. outpouring of love. Yes, it was so... And I mean, thank you for everyone who just took the time out of their day to like wish us well um, and give us advice. <laughs> yes. Like remind us to drink our fluids and, you know, people offering to help us in ways and just... It was so sweet and I appreciate it. And that's not even the right word, but it was great. Yes. So (laughs) we will be back next week with um, something ripped from the headlines. We are in the process of searching for a long lost movie um, that was requested by a listener. 
Um, but yes. in the meantime, we know that we've got a couple of ripped from the headlines things. We do. It's called Sleeping with Danger. It's based on Anne Rule's book, I believe, by the same name. Anne Rule was the best. You know how I feel about her Ted Bundy book. Yes. But I think the rest of her books are good. But as a writer, she was incredible. Yes. Except the Ted Bundy book. Sorry, not sorry. Come at me. I get it. I'm too tired to come at you. So you can just have that opinion tonight, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> it was just so much. Romanticizing. I loved him, but I'm not. He, he was. Yeah, she romanticized him so much. I'm like, oh, by the way, he's the worst. Thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so. Um, one of the things I watched while I was sick was um, a special on Amazon Prime called Last One Laughing Australia. It's hosted by Rebel Wilson. And the premise is um, 10 of Australia's best comedians were locked in a room together and the last person to laugh got a payout of $100,000. Oh my god, yes, I've heard of this show. So then it's, Also, Rebel Wilson is the shit. Right? So. so then it's all of these hilarious people pulling out their best material while the whole room looks like like maniacs for not laughing at the funniest shit I've ever heard. Um, but I discovered a new comedian um, whose name I've already gone blank on, Anne something... Um, hold on, I'm going to look her up because she is okay. wonderful and she has a... So, huh. What else did you binge watch while you looked that up? Oh my gosh, I watched um, three seasons of Grace and Frankie. I've watched um, the, what was it, Legacies, which is a spinoff of Vampire Diaries. Um, okay. We really enjoyed that. Um, we watched, I binged the babysitter's club on Netflix and let me tell you what, like, do not sleep on that. That oh, show is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so... and I also got really into see no evil on ID, which is the one where they find all the cameras to like record the crime. That's uh -huh. so good. I binged, um, I haven't finished it yet, but the, the new, like, Mafia um, documentary series on Netflix. Oh, I yeah. watched that. And, of course, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Like, if you haven't watched I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I don't know what to do with you. I started Literally it. Literally last week. I haven't week, finished it. I, last week I sobbed because um, it's the episode where she passes and they're talking about her passing. Uh -huh. And I just saw it. I was like, oh, my God, she died. And she had this book. And then, like, uh -huh. people didn't want to give up because, because she was dead. And this was her mercy. And so they didn't give up. And so we caught the guy. And now, like, well, everybody's happy because he's in jail. And, like, I can't believe Like, humanity is so amazing. Right. <laughs> so, uh, And then I turned off the TV and I was like, oh, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> um, and I started to watch on HBO the uh, Perry Mason dark reboot that is so good. Um, anyway, so this comedian, Anne Edmonds, um, I watched one of her specials after I watched this last one laughing. And um, she had this hilarious bit about 
this guy who was just a dick in traffic and he wound up parking like on the sidewalk in front of a hospital, like on the wheelchair ramp. And this guy was like screaming at her and going off. And she was like, buddy, you're the one who's doing the wrong thing here. And then she goes, I could call up the woman who married Ted Bundy while he was on trial for killing all those women and ask, is this wrong? And she'd say, yeah, that's fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I also kind of, well, I knew it was around, but I kind of binged a new podcast. Well, it's new ish. Um, it's from True Crime Obsessed. It's called Obsessed with Disappeared, uh-huh. where they, they talk about the show Disappeared. It's Ellen Marsh, who is a Broadway fan of mine, uh-huh. and Patrick Hines from TCO. Uh, it is so funny, and it's really great, and I loved it. So definitely go check that out if you have uh, room in your playlist. Absolutely. And uh, I got back on my Babysitter's Club Club bullshit. That's one of my favorite podcasts. Oh my Go watch the series on Netflix. It's absolutely precious and exactly what I needed while I was sick and felt like I was dying. Will do. All right. Well, at the risk of this going <laughs> seven and a half hours long, um, I want to go ahead and wrap this up and thank everybody for hey. hanging out with us. And don't forget to find yes. us on our socials. Um, Instagram at lifetime sentence on Twitter at life sentence pod at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Um, you can find show notes and uh, episode goodies at lifetimesentence.com. You can send us an email at lifetimesentencepodcast at gmail.com. And join us at Patreon for some conspiracy theories at patreon.com slash lifetimesentence. Yeah, you're going to wrap up Tupac this week and then... Or you did wrap up Tupac this week because we're recording in the future, <laughs> and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle uh, Biggie Smalls the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, notorious B.I.G. And until then, excited. don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone and wear a mask. And wash your hands and don't touch your face. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>